Today is a bit of a departure in time for the holidays. I was interviewed by Randall Kenneth Jones in his own exuberant, crazy manner. Well, he did research on me and came to conclusions, most of which were not true. Some might be, but it was definitely all Randy. Hope you enjoy it. My name is Eric Hundley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and formal conversations with some amazing people. Welcome to Way Too Structured with Randall Kinnett. <laughs> Welcome to Overstructured. This is Overstructured. <laughs> this is a Virgo took control of your, your podcast. Or is it unraveled? No, I have a, I have a list. Now, look, oh. I have an, I mean, I'm a Virgo. It's so tight. I've got, I've got a typed list of how oh I've taken over. Yeah, we're that structured for the unstructured show today. Inside joke, I guess Gilligan's back. Gilligan is back. I am, I am back. Gilligan is back. I've taken over. My name is Randall Kenneth Jones. I'm Gilligan. I've taken over the show from the professor because he doesn't talk about himself enough. So. Every now and then, I show up so that Mr. Hunley is forced to divulge personal information about himself and his thoughts and what he's trying to do and how he can keep you guys engaged and happy. So that's why I'm here. Plus, you get a certain joy out of it. I do. No, it's not a certain joy. I get great joy out of this. (laughs) Because you know what? I got, I got to tell you, I did some some research because I don't think we know enough about you. I know you really well. I talk to you every week. I don't really know that much about you. Good. Right, right. <laughs> so, But are you just like a private person? Do you not want to talk about yourself? See, you know I tell everything. So I wrote a book, for God's sake. I don't think I'm that important. I just don't think I'm that interesting or important. And I, I'm much more interested in other people and almost see myself as a, a cipher in a way. You know, I help bring other stories forward, but I'm just a guy. Well, which is what makes you so good at doing this, which you are. But I got to tell you, I'm going to quote Hoda, Hoda Kotby, who said to me, she finds it more important to be interested than interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's really stuck with me. That's really something that she wants to appear to be interested as opposed to interesting. And and that's, that's what you're saying. That you really, yeah. that's, that's what you want to be. But that's why I think you're so good at this. Well, thank you. But I'm still a curious person. No, <laughs> seriously, I wrote a whole book. It's I'm all, all my shit's out there. <laughs> but you know what I did? Mm. I went into the deep web and I did a lot of, of research on you. Okay. I did a lot of a very interesting background research, little things on your, your history. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I found uh, out also, you want me to share with you some of the things I found out so the listeners can find out a little bit more about Eric Hunley? Sure, okay. sure. There are other Eric Hunleys, though, so mm-hmm. I hope you No, no, filter. this is you. This is, this is all, I, I guarantee you, I found it on the internet, so therefore it is true. Oh, oh, yes. And I guarantee it is all valid because you've heard, you're now hearing it probably through the internet. So, born and raised in the Ukraine until at age seven, you climbed inside an American tourister of an American tourist and ended up being raised in Santa Claus, Indiana. I did not know that. So wow. as, as a child did in I. Ukraine, you jumped, <laughs> you, you climbed inside a suitcase and flew over and you were raised in Santa Claus, Indiana. Okay. So now I guess I didn't find out much about school, but some in your late teens, you served 10 years in federal prison for embezzlement. Did not know that. You had never talked about having yeah, the wow. look on your face. Yeah, we really... <laughs> 
this is one of those I, times. I, well, you know, it, this is one of the really embarrassing things. I, I just interviewed Abby Oh, God, Ellen. you really are an ex-con? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, oh my God. but I almost wish I was. Oh God. What I'm saying is I interviewed Abby Ellen. Um, she's She writes for the New York Times. Her story's fabulous. She married a con man, and he lied about everything. But one question I had for her was, do you kind of enjoy being the story this time? When you say that about me, it's sort of like, well, in a weird way, it sounds so much more interesting than I am. And there is a part of me that kind of wants to say, well, I sort of wish I was interesting like that. Well, but but you are. But I mean, because I've got more. I mean, I've got, for example, <laughs> yeah, well, I've got more. I've got much, much more. Graduated with a degree in fashion merchandising from William and Mary before getting an MFA in musical theater performance at the Yale School of Drama. I did not know this. Neither did I. I did not know that you actually, you've probably played the lead in George M. Or you're probably going to do like Hamilton in one of the road companies, aren't you? Yeah, there's so <laughs> Wow. Can, uh, you, can I get you to write my Wikipedia article? Uh, because can. this is getting very interesting. Of course, this is you know this is where I got it all. It was from Wikipedia. Uh, you have 10, 10 New York Times bestselling books, all on candle making. Did not know that. Wow. On candle making. Uh, are you sure it's New York Times? It's not an Amazon category? No. Number these one are bestseller? New York Times. Uh, oh. you know, I didn't say the you – know, yeah, I said bestselling, said number one. You still – you're <laughs> evidently striving for the number one spot on candle making. <laughs> You're the proud father to five children from six different mothers. Now, the math on that, I have not made work. Not oh. sure how you've had five children with six different mothers, but and and that you currently, in addition to your work on Unstructured, you currently serve as Oprah's personal restaurant reservations manager. Wow. wow. I'm busy. I am. Wow. And then you do unstructured on top of all that. What what a fascinating and interesting individual you are. <laughs> See? You're much more interesting than you thought you were. You I told you that I was having fun preparing for this and I wasn't going to send you any of the questions or anything. <laughs> well, yes. Uh and what a delight. <laughs> <laughs> because I structured this. Oh, my God. If this that were alcohol, you'd be drunk at this point. This is one of these times when it's bad that it's just audio. If people could uh, see the look on your face. <laughs> right. Well, now, I, I, so. I, I'm not quite as bad as um, one guest I had who's also in the instructor group, um, Andy Meitzer. He, for some reason, has three vessels of liquid at any given time. And he'll drink back and forth between the vessels. It's very weird. Oh, my God. I'd have to have a catheter at all times because I would be, <laughs> oh, God, I could never. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, that would be bad for me. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, and there's three different liquids. Like one is milk. One is like tea or something. I support milk, tea. I'm not, I'm cough, coffee and milk I'm good with. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the other one was. It might have been water, but it's like... Well, no, my, I'm to the the age where my big treat, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I quit smoking after 40 years. Diet Coke is my big treat. I don't have this in the house normally. My mm. big treat when I want to be bad is to drink a Diet Coke. That's how boring <laughs> I have become with what I put in my body. So Good for you. So let's talk about you stealing my friends as your guests. I just thought that what? would be, yeah, how, I, I, you know, I, I happen to know somebody, oh, named Jeff, for example. And, oh, yes. And I just nonchalantly mentioned something about Jeff to you, and boom, the next thing I know, 
That's right. You, you sent me an email, and because I'm curious, I said, what the hell is Jonas PR? Because you I did. searched for that you and did. found it was a dead site. And, and I was like, what? So then I did a search Jonas PR and his name and came across the fact that he wrote a book. And so never mind the guest he was pitching you. I was interested in the book you wrote. Yeah. Well, no, I, the fact that I was a little embarrassed. So me, I'm inquisitive, too. I mean, I have a podcast <laughs> called Jones.show, and I'm inquisitive, too. But how embarrassing that a guy I know. I mean, I'm friendly with Jeff. He actually was the PR person who worked with Rhonda Shear. Mm. And that's I, I met him when he booked, when we booked Rhonda Shear to do my podcast. I love her. She's phenomenal. And so he'd reached out with something else. So it takes you being the real inquisitive guy to actually find the story that I completely <laughs> missed. Was that was his book? Yes. That's my favorite interview that I've heard of yours. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're very different people. Probably, if you can't figure out, we're ridiculously different as interviewers. <laughs> This is true. With the, I'm William Gilligan. <laughs> I'm a little unhinged. But you know what? We both still have the goal of real conversation. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I heard that interview and I, I didn't know about the book. I want to, I want to buy the book. By the way, for everyone, um, the book is The Show Won't Go On. And it is about performers who die during a performance. Literally. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ta-da, boom. <laughs> well, the, the, the really fascinating part of it, it was, it was so specific because there's so many people who die around the stage that they had to finally say, no, they have to actually be on stage. So there was a jazz musician who was murdered walking onto the stage, but because he dropped dead from the gunshot before he went on stage, he couldn't be included in the book. Well, that sucks. So, so you're getting murdered <laughs> and you can't even be in the book? Exactly. Well, I mean, I it, he's pissed off. Yeah. Well, being He'll dead, all, he might not know it so much, but you know, he's probably. A little, but no, I wanted. I, I wanted that standards. Book. No, I just thought it. I thought it was so great. But um, how do you really think you differentiate yourself? So many of us were out there. We struggle, and and the listener has a gazillion things they can listen to. Sure. Why do they listen to you? Why Why would somebody choose to listen to you? I, I okay. Can I say one thing that you won't say? Sure. God, I'm really making you nervous today. <laughs> you are so nervous because I think you're selfless because it's never about you. It's always about, I think it should be more about you, but you're selfless. And if you're that selfless in your approach and you're all about that listener and that guest, that's going to, that's your, that's, I, I think a huge part of your appeal. That's my opinion. Wow, See, look how nice that was. You were so worried about what I was going to say. And I said something nice. Yeah, that almost is more painful in some ways. <laughs> I'm used to barbs and cheeses. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not usually very it's nice. Like I'm usually mean to you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, compliments are kind of awkward. <laughs> they are. No, I just had, I was on somebody's show just right before we did this, and I got a compliment, and, and I turned bright red because it, it they could be tough. But no, seriously, how do you differentiate yourself? Why is somebody going to listen to this show as opposed to another show? I've been working on this for a while, and everybody loves to ask me, and I suck at marketing, but I've come to learn the term avatar. What's your avatar? And really, I've finally come to the conclusion that my avatar is me, and I am interested in talking to these people. I spend the 10 hours plus researching every guest. You do. You, and, because we met when, you know, when you had me on the show. 
And let me tell you, as a guest who is talking to someone who clearly knows about you, <laughs> that, oh, it makes for a very different interview. And, and you know, you sort of answered that there's something right there. I just have to say it. My interview with you was better because you knew what you were talking about. Well, good. And I, I always hope that because I do the research or I pay attention or I try that you will be engaged as a guest. But, okay, but define your, how are you using the word avatar? Um, avatar is your audience from my, you know, your, I'm a, I have a podcast. Who is my listener? Okay. Quote unquote. And I figured it out. It really is me. I want to hear their story. I want to do all this research. And then I want to tell you why it's so freaking cool that you're meeting them. You know what? I have to tell you, we are exactly alike in that. And, and I, that's kind of cool. Cause I never thought of that. No, I, I only talk to people I'm interested in because if I'm not, why would I talk to you? I, I can't be good right. at it. If I don't know about you, if I don't find you interesting, if mm -hmm. I don't appear to be interested, but I'm definitely the audience. But at the same time, I think you bring a selflessness to it that you make sure that it has an appeal to a large group of people. Right. I, I forgot who had the metaphor. It could be Dave Jackson. I'm not sure, but there's the whole thing of, or, um, Eric K. Johnson might've been the one that it's, it's like a party and I'm trying to invite people to the party. I've, I'm constantly talking about the pub that I see it as an idea pub, but I feel like the audience is a really valued guest and I'm kind of bringing them in saying, Hey, do you know, Randy, do you know, Susan, do you know, check this out. Well, you're not going to hey, put somebody on that. You don't want someone to know. You're right. not going to do it. Have you ever right. had that happen where you've interviewed somebody who just that you, you shelved and you didn't, I have not shelved because I'm very vetted them well enough in advance so that you didn't actually know there's one person that I haven't put up. There, there is one person I haven't put up. Yeah. I'd be and, horrified if it happened to me, but man, if I don't think it's good enough to go out there, I don't want to put it out. It's a case that I really, really care deeply about my audience and I'm not a big believer in the, um, was it the law of attraction? Oh, I think, um, oh God, I forgot his name. <laughs> I just, you know, any other time it'd roll right off the tongue. Are you wishing but right now think, that I'd sent you the questions? Oh, uh, Napoleon Hill. I told you I was going to do No, it. that's fine. No, uh, Napoleon Hill, <laughs> Napoleon Hill. I feel like one, there's a great, um, article that was written on him, a nice long piece. I love it about, he was a, um, America's greatest huckster and fraud. And I don't believe in the secret. I don't believe in Napoleon Hill. And I feel like a lot of people are being taken advantage of by a lot of self-help development coaches. That's just my <sighs> personal feelings. Oh my God. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit horrified by it. And I know so many who are joyful, wonderful people and I've met so many that are great, but there's too many people out there claiming to be an expert at A, B, C, D, and E and claiming to have all the answers for you. Right. And that terrifies me because they don't necessarily have the qualifications to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know how you relate to this. When I do my show, 
I'm trying, you know, I think the society wants answers. They want to be told, do sure. this, do, do A, B, C, and D, do this. Here is the answer. I, I give answers on my shows. I mean, if, so- if, if somebody right. can give very specific advice, but my show is more centered around, I, I want to teach you how to think. Right. I want, I want to, to make you think about what you just heard, because if I force you to think about it, it might actually leave with you. It's going to stay in your head longer. So I'm trying yes. to have people on that make you think, I, are we alike like that? Are you the same? It way? might be. I, I don't know. My wife. You have a wife? I I'm do. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I barely, I don't even know her name. I found, yeah. <laughs> I actually plan to have her on on a Christmas episode, but we can go into that later. Um, but oh she calls God. me, she calls me Y boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm very almost obsessive about going to try to find out why something mm-hmm. was done. Why did you do this? Not, And I don't even necessarily care about what you did. I'm more interested in why. What is the motivation? And and I taught at the University of Arizona, um, extended you for a while, computer stuff. And I would always focus on, this is why these things happen. And don't worry about what's happening. Worry about why. Because if you know the why, you'll always get the what. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a, it's just a weird way to think, but I kind of am that way with the guests. Why did you say that? Why do you think that? What, what is that about? Well, why? It's interesting. Cause I've literally been known why, and then they answer it. And then I go, why? And I, and I go, <laughs> why? And I've said it like up to like four times and I will just continue to dig mm-hmm. into, because I've, and I've said this and you've heard me say this on my show. It's with, it's the, it's the why where we find peace. Why you believe as you believe. If I can understand why you do what you do, why you have the thought processes and beliefs that you do, I'm going to understand your actions and your beliefs better because exactly. uh, There's a lot of people I don't understand their thought process right now. I'm thinking (laughs) they're not thinking a whole lot. There's some people, there's a whole bunch of people in the country. I don't understand what they're thinking right now. And, but that why is mm-hmm. a really great indicator, but people have to be willing to commit the time. And you know what? We're not doing anything other people can't do. No. I would love to hear from your listener, from my listener, to think that maybe the fact that we dig, they are doing that in their real life. Because it, we're really not doing anything. We don't have a patent on this. <laughs> no, I'm not that bright. <laughs> I mean... That's part of the reason that I do it is I, I'm a good stand-in. I'm not the brightest candle on the cake. I can just talk at a level and hopefully bring it across. It it makes me think, you know, I'm not Larry King. Larry King famously does zero preparation for any interview. But um, he has been quoted saying, his friend told him, the reason why you're good is that you're dumb. And, I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah, and he he admits it. Um, he wrote it, you know, in his uh, biography and everything. And he said, "I am. I'm dumb. I will ask questions like, when you're flying, are you afraid it's going to fall out of the sky?" See, you know? <laughs> that's a good question though, because a lot we are all kind of sitting here going, "Well, wow, I w- I wonder if," and I do try to ask that. I wonder if I think you're smarter than me. I don't know what you think. I don't know if you've ever thought about it because I think about everything. Oh, mm-hmm. I think of you as being an intellectual. I think of you as being very smart. Not that smart. I just prep. 
But that's a smart thing to do. And through all that prep, you're still retaining a lot of information in your head. And I don't think I'm dumb. I actually oh, God, really, no. you know, I, but I just think you're, you're the professor. I'm still Gilligan. I'm still, you know, it is your intellect and your, the, the questions and, and the detail and the questions that is so appealing to you. And I've got great questions, but I'm still a goofball. I'm still Gilligan. <laughs> I'm still the one that's, that's edit button is a little questionable sometimes. You never know quite what I'm going to say. Right. So, but I think it's really interesting to find, but I, I would absolutely consider you to be the intellectual. I think you come across incredibly smart, very much on the same side of the table with the people that you interview. I've got everybody fooled. Yeah. Well, and no, I, I just complimented you again. Uh-oh, uh-oh, that's two. Uh-oh. How many more do I, I, you don't even want the two I've given you so far. Yeah, no kidding. Now, I, what I am trying to do is weaponize curiosity. Weaponize curiosity? Wait, wait, wait. If that makes sense. Hashtag weaponize <laughs> curiosity. Can we call this show weaponize curiosity? <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've heard all week. Okay, let's go there. How are we going to? I mean, it might even mean something stupid, but it sounds great. <laughs> I guess it is. It, uh, curiosity, I think, is a skill. I, I don't think it's a necessarily a state of being per se. I think you have to develop curiosity. Well, don't you think you can be naturally curious? I'm naturally curious. Well, you can be naturally a little faster than the other person, but you need to train to run better. Oh, well. I'm just saying. Anything, you could have a natural skill, sure. But I actually would argue that probably the best place to be is only slightly better than most people. Because the ones who are way better early tend to fizzle out quickly because... All of a sudden, they meet competition who is so much better that they get overwhelmed and they quit. But those who are always having to fight at the table to get there, they have some skill, but they've got to refine that skill to the nth degree to actually take it to the next level. So how are you going? How do you weaponize curiosity? (laughs) I guess maybe I'm using a poor term, maybe honing or sharpening. I No, like I think you've as- used the right term because I actually think you have. But if, 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 if I don't think weapon necessarily has to have a negative associated with it. You know, it can be when your curiosity is a weapon or a tool right. that allows you to achieve some sort of goal or win at something or achieve, you know, then I think you've just made your curiosity into a positive weapon, something in your arsenal that helps you move forward and achieve a goal. So, but what I like about the word weaponize, take the negative out of it. It's naturally got a little bit of a negative. It's strong, but it's powerful. It's a powerful, I'm, 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 I'm seriously, we're going to be using hashtag weaponize (laughs) curiosity on the show. Except there's character count issues, but anyway, Find some way to make it work. I don't know. Call all the people and tell them and make make the world change hashtag stuff or whatever you need to do. So uh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So I found some stuff on your website. What is your website? You are, I should know it. Unstructuredpod.com. Unstructuredpod.com. Or unstructuredpodcast.com, if you forget. Okay. Well, because we would like people to go there. It's a good site. The page is really great. But you had a couple different things that you wrote that I found very compelling because I think it said a lot about you. You described unstructured interviews are all about asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you were unstructured, but you're asking the right questions. I still fight with your name. I know you do. 
because but I think now, macro and micro. I now we'll, we'll want to call your show Weaponized Curiosity. I want, that's, <laughs> that actually would be a cool name. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, I want to rebrand your show Weaponized Curiosity. Okay, okay, listeners, I want to know. Get in touch with us. Get in touch with Eric. Let them know which do you prefer, unstructured or weaponized curiosity as a podcast title. I'm very serious about that because I think you're bringing greater value than Unstructured says. Okay, but getting back to this. <laughs> unstructured interviews are all about asking the right questions. So clarify what that means. What's that mean to you? It's on your webpage. So I cheated. I know the answer. Oh, good. Well, I read. I can read. <laughs> well, well, Gilligan yes. can read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. To me, asking the right question is to ask the question is going to open more questions and more thoughts, mm -hmm. which is incredibly meta and vague. But a question should lead to another question. I, honestly, I'm trying to open a dialogue. I'm trying to open a person. Why are they there? Which, or for back those to people, why. it's a skill that everybody should have. Once again, we don't have a trademark on this. You can do this at home. You can do this at work, and it's a great thing to do. It's, yeah, a, lot it's of a wonderful thing to do, but we both know, especially at the, we mm -hmm. know each other really, really, really well. But when you're at the beginning with somebody brand new, it is hard. Because it's always hard. Yeah. Because I, I know I'm going to mess something up in my head, and I'm always laser focused on really trying to keep a rhythm and a pattern and a flow. I don't want the guest to lose interest. I don't want the audience to lose interest, and I fear myself losing interest. And so if you I, do, I, you I'm know you got plates. a problem. Yeah. If 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 you do, you know you got a problem. If you lost interest and and go, oh, what were they saying? Well, yeah, yeah. You may want to do some editing on that show. Right, but I never want. I don't want to edit out errors. I want to. My ultimate goal is to eventually do live episodes. And oh, so I've I done treat, that. Yeah, I did. I've done, as you know, a few of those live. Right. Well, and I treat every interview as if it is live. Yeah. And that is me practicing. Well, editing sucks, for one thing. Who wants to go well, back Well, I still edit. It? Yeah. I mean, I try not to. I try really, really, really hard. I tell you, though, I, I will share that I um, had a really tough one. And, and I think I have this reputation for being Mr. Fun. And yeah, I did book Vanna White. And she is coming on the show soon. <laughs> and I wanted, because I wanted the person from Wheel of Fortune, we never get to hear her speak. And she has a lot to sure. say. I interviewed Botham Jean's mother, Allison, mm -hmm. as you know. And Botham Jean was the young man who was shot and killed in his own apartment in Dallas by an off-duty police officer. Mm -hmm. And Allison graciously talked to me, and it's coming out soon. The show is coming out soon. And... It was difficult to do. It was incredibly sure. difficult to do. But even when we, when, when you as a listener, when people, when we're talking on the difficult stuff, the worst thing is to not talk to these people, not talk to a oh, human being in crisis. And I know from, so I've taken on some really difficult topics, which I think surprises mm -hmm. people, but a lot of people aren't willing to do it. You know, when you know somebody has a death in the family, I mean, that's the hard, right. what do you say? How do you speak? So many people disappear. I had a, a, a woman on the show whose 19 year old had overdosed and she said it's, she calls it death cooties. 
Mm-hmm. People literally mm-hmm. stop talking to you because they don't know what to say. Right. I try to actually approach that in life and otherwise by saying, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And or to the and where I'm kind of circling. To the into, person. Listening. Yeah. Listening. Listening. Well, I, yes, I just I try just to shut up that. and listen. If I say something stupid, please let me know. I do say Please, that. How 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 does that make you feel? I mean, what what happened? I can't directly relate, but I can try to understand. Can you share? Oh, but my God, I, I don't know. You say so many stupid things. How do you ever manage to get through a conversation? Just- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have to record it. Your 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 editing must be incredibly brutal. <laughs> but you know, no, that gets to the listening thing, and that's one of the reasons I did it. I, I talk too much, and I don't listen well enough, and. When I'm interviewing and talking to somebody, once again, this skill, you know, travels with me out into the world Mm -hmm. is I'll go, oh, I could, I could say this and add such a cute little comment right here. Well, in the show, I go, yeah, that's not needed. That's not about me. That's not needed. Keep your mouth shut. And I've taken that with me out into the real world to try to get better at listening. You know, I do that in interviews too. Um, If I do an aside or something or make, a comment that's just super clever in my mind. I was, did that add? No, cut. Oh yeah, every now and then I'll cut. But for the most part, I can self-edit, you know, on the spot. So now, so is there anything you think we should know about you? Is there anything you think it would help people to know about you? I'm sure that <laughs> you're six eight and you played professional basketball. For wow, you're giving me the Los Angeles Lakers from '92 to '93, and then you were cut when you pulled a hamstring and had <laughs> yeah that <laughs> absolutely. There's got to be something. No, no, I'm going to force you on this. What do people need? How? What if somebody knew X, Y, or Z about you? How would that help them to appreciate? what you bring to them with this show shy i think is a legitimate answer yeah i mean i am uh, i'm very much and most podcasters are but i'm introverted i'm not shy no no i i am the guy who will be on the side and hopefully i'll meet with somebody one-on-one so this actually helps me in the interviews because i naturally am that way if we're in a party, I'll find the one person and gravitate toward them and just talk to them all night long, and I'm happy. And you're hoping that you're not boring them to tears? <laughs> you know, I, at do, one time, do they ever I probably go, uh, was. I've got to leave. Uh, I think it's it's 8.30. Uh, we got to go to bed. We got to leave. I'm getting- <laughs> well, were you there last Thursday? No. Um, I, I, there was a time I, I absolutely did. Absolutely. Um, I I had to know everything. I had to have an answer for everything. I read a lot of stuff and I had to add my opinion to everything. Now I don't think they're leaving because they're usually talking about themselves. You've said something. I think it's more interesting than you realize. There are a lot of shy people, people Mm -hmm. who are not comfortable communicating. Um, They utilize online communities a lot because of that shyness. And I think, I actually think your listener, especially those that might quali- might classify themselves as shy, go, I get what he's doing. I get where he's coming from. Maybe oh, yeah. his approach can help me too. And I'm not saying yes. shy is something that means you're broken. 
But no. if you're shy to the point where you, you have trouble having relationships with people and communicating, you know, I think let's try to get you out, uh, get you out from underneath that. But I think the fact that you're sharing that, you might be helping some other shy people realize they they can come sure. out of their shell too. Well, that's part of the reason I do the show. That's one thing that I have found is I am uncomfortable just going somewhere and just being. I need to have purpose. Oh, so yeah. I am not a guy yeah. who would go pick up women at a bar. I'm not that way. Yeah, I'm gay, I so need I don't to be do that there either. For, yeah, I'm not the guy that goes to pick up women in a bar either. Being gay, that's that's probably well, yeah, there is yeah, that it's too. A, it's a problem. Yeah, it was sort of stomps on that right in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, it mean, does. The gay stop thing you just keeps you from going to the, the pickup bar. So that's true. But even any other type of uh, situation, I need a reason. I need a reason to be there. Well, I want to meet really interesting people and I really want to learn about them. Mm-hmm. Now I have a reason. I got a show. You're coming on the show mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. talking. And now I'm establishing a relationship with people, genuine relationship. I met you because I interviewed you on the yep, show. Yep. But that was weird because we just hit it off and stayed in touch, and I can't even explain how it happened. And we're nothing alike. <laughs> well, no, actually, we well, that's obviously did, we, that's, that's not true. That's we important. are actually we're actually a lot alike as we've discovered. But I relate to that. What I get, I live in Naples, Florida. We are nothing but events here and fundraisers. That's all we are. That's all right. we are: events and fundraisers. And people will invite me to the stuff, and I will say, "Please put me to work. Mm-hmm. Don't make me just come and sit and attend." I can't just attend. I will host. Right. I will be, I will go and ask you need people a for money. I will do anything. I will MC. I will, I will park cars. I will do anything. Right. Pick up dishes, whatever. Just to, have a purpose. To have a purpose. I can't just go and be. Yes. I have to go and have, have some purpose for being there. And if I have a purpose, then I can open up. And then I can talk to people. And participate more because that, that purpose, that job, that task is sort of a, an armor or a shield. That role gives me the reason and purpose to be there. Did you not call your parole officer? Did I tell you, you had to check in with your parole officer before we started recording and now the police are in the background. Oh yeah, that's coming through. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to bust through the door. They're going to put you in handcuffs. But no, look, all, all this stuff that I've been throwing in, <laughs> that your your people are going, I wish he'd shut up. Um, You, man, you just go with it. Look how good you are. It's just like, I'll throw in something gay guy at the bar. Boom. You know what? And you listen to it and you add to it. And you go right back to where I cut you off at. <laughs> well, isn't that improv? Well, yeah, you don't lose your spot. And I'm messing with you to see if I'm going to get you to lose your spot because I'm mean. I'm that friend you're really not supposed to have. I'm that evil friend that's t- come taking over your show, come to you, trying to expose your 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 soft little underbelly, underbelly. all your little vulnerable spot. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of belly to expose. <laughs> well, no, okay. I, I I do think, and we've talked about this, I, I admire your selflessness. I admire your interviewing skill. I admire your show. I admire the curiosity. Um, I love weaponized curiosity, but you have tremendous value based well, simply on the fact that you're willing to selflessly do this to help other people grow, to give your guests a place like myself to have a voice, to share their thoughts and ideas and a listener the chance to hear them. 
that alone makes you incredibly special. And once oh, again, that that's that's compliment number three. I'm completely tapped out because if I do another one, your head will explode from your shoulders and will roll off the table. <laughs> so, but I, I really wanted your people to know more about you. And I think they deserve to know what an extraordinary human being you are. Well, gosh, thank you. Anyway, on to the point. <laughs> I was like, okay, did you notice I shut up? I was like, yeah, we'll let him take the segue. We'll let you take the transition on this one. Coming up, I have some cool things. One, I'm kind of forcing or strong-arming my wife into appearing on the Christmas episode with me. I'm all in Which I think that. would be nice. Yep, yep. Um, I'd love to introduce her to the world. And there's a story that goes with it. And it's funny if I have a reason or a story like Jeff Abraham, we talked about earlier, you send me an email. Hey, what do you think of this person? He's pitching. And I looked up the other guy. Well, Leslie loves her Christmas music playlist and we have Apple music. We mm -hmm. subscribe to it, but she gets furious because she feels like the subscription service. If it's a playlist, she seems to feel like she owns the music. I haven't gotten through her head that, no, you're actually just leasing what's available at the time. Right, right. But she gets pissed. She's I must like, admit, you know, I, love Sp I love Spotify. Love, 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 love. I should do a commercial for Spotify. I love it so much. Right, it's the same principle. Yeah, same thing. Uh, Spotify. But I know it's but, not mine. But I know it's not mine. But sometimes songs will disappear. Why? Because they're no longer listening on Spotify. They're taking it off. Whatever happens. Well, one of the Christmas songs she really loves, I mean, it's one of her favorites um meet me under the mistletoe is the name of it well it got removed and she was pissed and i was like well you know and a few other ones did too but she was really really upset about that one she because she likes it, it's a jazzy number she just loves how it sounds you won't be able to find it online um i'm but, looking i'm while you're talking i'm looking on spotify yeah, I don't think it's there. Who sings I it? it? Oh, God, don't. <laughs> you got well, me. Well, if you don't know who sings it, you're going to have trouble finding it anywhere. Well, no, I do know, but I don't remember. My memory is terrible about names. What I did, though, was... Randy Travis? And I think you... Hmm? Randy Travis? No. Is it a country no. song? Uh, no, 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 no. It's it's a jazz rendition. Well, there's several of them here. Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. There's several. I will tell you, there are several on Spotify... And there's a Meet Me Under the Mistletoe playlist. So anyway, go ahead. Um, hang on. Let me see. Uh, Jan, uh, Janine D'Souza. Janine D'Souza? I believe that's it. If anybody listening can get us in touch with Janine, we'd appreciate that. Well, actually, I did get in touch with her. That's <gasps> the rest of the story. Are you serious? You're not letting me go forward here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I did, and this is why I was discussing with you and with hers, you will confirm, and I will tell, I'm, I'm reaching out to the audience. Please contact me. Please feel free to tweet me, yep. email yep. me, anything. Book a 15-minute call with me on the website. There's a form to do that. I absolutely want to hear from you. Nothing makes me happier than when I hear from the audience. Mm -hmm. So I took that same attitude, and I said, well, you know what? Let me find the artist. And I found her website. And I filled out the contact form and said, hey, my wife really loves your song. And she can't get it anymore. And she was upset. And I was just writing to see if there was anywhere I could purchase it. Well, I made her weak. As a creator, Randy, will you confirm that when you hear from somebody saying, Randy, I wanted to buy your oh, book yeah, yeah, and I yeah. couldn't. 
I mean, does that not? I mean, that's everything. It, that it, is like oxygen, especially yeah. When it means something, we very short. We 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 used to fit twenty years ago. We went to Provincetown, went to this place with this great little bar, uh, band, little jazz group, um, jazzish group with three people. Mm-hmm. Had their CD, loved it, loved it, loved it. Maybe 10 years ago, it was called Comfortable Shoes was the group. I found an email. I emailed them, hey, this is still the song we use on a road trip. We love this. And the mm-hmm. guy was like, wow, that's so cool. They'd been broken up. The female member of that group lives by, right by me. Awesome. And I, we just happened to meet her. And she actually is here now. And she went with me with to the Sarah Evans interview. Okay, well there you go. But but and I'm saying so it's perfect. that but it was the whole thing this this group from Province Uncomfortable Shoes that I loved and we we took the time I took the time to look up one of the male members and got in touch with him and and told him how much we still loved it and then ended up she's a friend of mine and we hang out. You see and later, that's crazy. exactly and that's that's what I'm trying to do. The same way that I'm asking the audience please reach out. Please well, talk to me. I go I, further with that. You. I say a whole lot. To please reach myself. out to people who have helped you. Please reach out. Yes. Thank a teacher. We're too wired. It's too easy to find somebody. It's too easy to communicate with people. Find the teacher sure. that changed your life. Find the former boss, the coworker. I do it all the time. I've done it on Facebook through Facebook friending a lot. I tell people all the time what they meant to me and what they've done for me. And it's it, that's one of the advantages to being this wired and the joy you get from seeing their reaction, which is almost always shocking. Oh, because truthfully, how often do we hear? Uh, you know, I, I hope people are enjoying the show. I hope this, you know, we put it out there. Okay. People download it. I mean, we look at numbers, there's downloads, but that every one of those is a person. It's a person I'd love to know. They're a person with thoughts. They had ideas and stuff like that. We don't know. You're right. We, we right. just do not know. And that's essentially the theme and focus of it. As I thought about it, and I thought of the whole situation and Christmas is, it's a, it's a Christmas song. Christmas is all about connections and family. It was about connecting an artist with a fan for my wife, the mistletoe angle. I was like, this needs to be an episode. Okay. So did you get the song? Yes. Oh, she sent the song. To us, we have the song, absolutely. Um, Is she, she coming on the cur- show? Yes, we're working out the interview time. Oh, my God, that's so cool. I love the backstory on that. Love, 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 Well, that's love, what makes love it, I the, think, a, a No, that's show. what's so great. When I had Cynthia Rhodes from Dirty Dancing on the show, she literally has not talked to anybody. She raised three kids and chose, I'm not going to be an actress anymore. She's the pregnant dancer. She played Penny and just chose mm. that she wasn't going to do it anymore, but she actually agreed to talk to me. And I originally wrote about her for my column that became part of the book, but mm. she, I introduced her to a, a, a director choreographer friend of mine mm-hmm. who worshiped her. I mean, I've loved her and I've loved that movie and I have loved everything about Cynthia because she was in Flashdance too. But I stood there next to Dawn's husband as Dawn was talking to Cynthia. And I went, wow, as great as it is that I got to meet somebody I admire that much, this was Don's hero. Right. It meant much more to me to be able to watch that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, it was incredibly special because yeah, I don't come at it with the same degree of, 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 I mean, this is a woman who took dance all her life and is a choreographer and she worshiped this woman and to make that connection happen was the best gift I could ever get for both of them. Yeah. 
for both of well, them. Well, for me, I'm being I'm being honest for me. <laughs> well, and, and well, yeah, yeah absolutely. For me, yeah. It just felt completely amazing. So that's so cool that you did that. I can't wait to hear that show. Yeah, I can't can't wait to put it together. And I I've come to realize how awesome it is to do things together. Where you I'm a lapsed runner, you know, as an example. A lapsed and, runner, is that what we call it? Yeah. Okay, a lapsed runner. Okay. Yeah, but I've got to get back into it. I mean, I weigh too much right now to go running. I need to lose pounds before I can. I've really always get it. said I would only run if somebody were chasing me with a chainsaw, and that would only <laughs> be after I tried to talk them out of chasing me with the chainsaw. Well, good. And, and the good thing is that I don't have to be faster than the person with the chainsaw. I just have to be faster than you. Yes, that is true. Because they could, but- <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Because the chainsaw guy can get to me. So, yeah. Right. But um, when I was running a race, I would, you know, complete the distance, whatever. That's awesome. I feel good about myself. But over time, I became a pace leader. And a pace group is led by a person or a couple people, and they run at a certain time and pace to help others to cross the finish line at their desired time. A little extra motivation, being in a group, it helps helps you get through it. Well, I love that because I feel like when I do that, it's not me crossing the line. It's me times 20. I, I'm crossing the line with every one of You're them. You're a pace leader doing this show. Did you not figure that out when you started to tell me that story? That's what you're doing that's now. Sort of. No, that's what you're doing now. <laughs> How many people, every time somebody listens and downloads, you've helped them get across the, 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 the line. You've helped them. Well, hopefully I've entertained them for an hour. Yeah, you've, you've so. taught them something. You've entertained them. You've given them something to think about. You're a pace. I mean, you're a pace leader. And I used to say about my son, Kevin, is that he never expected to be the star of the team. He really never mm. expected to be the one that was going to be on everybody's shoulders. He didn't care. He just wanted to right. be on the team. Right. And that's an incredible skill. That's an incredible gift for somebody to be able to come forward and say, I just want to be part of this team part of this group. And I always admired him for that. And that's, that's, you know, you're the pace leader. I mean, he would have been great doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess that's, well, there you go. That's the insight into me. There's the insight. <laughs> Look, I'm Dr. Ruthing you. No, if I were Dr. Ruthing, we would be having a very different kind of discussion. Just don't Dr. Phil me. <laughs> I won't Dr. Phil you. Oh, wait a minute. You know, I've had Dr. Judy Ho from the TV show, The Doctors on my show twice. Well, uh, yeah, I... Um, Dr. Judy Ho, she's com- on The Doctors now. Yeah, she's on Right, the I commented at her, I think, uh, on you one did. of yours. You did. She's so great. But I have to tell you, she's encouraged me a lot because I'm going to circle back to something you said earlier. I, I do worry about the people who are claiming to be coaches and the people yeah, that I'm are claiming. And, I, and I, I question, and I said to her, you know, I told her, she knows that that's a pet peeve of mine, all these people claiming to have the answers. And I know that they're not qualified to have those answers. And I told her, I said, I really struggle with that myself. I'm, I'm, right. I'm somewhat hesitant to say, Oh, you should do A, B, C, D, and E. And let me tell you, she kind of came down on me a little bit in her positive Dr. Judy way and said, Randy, you got 150 interviews with thought leaders and experts that basically says something different. Don't discount what you have learned. Because of all the people you've talked to, you are in a position to be a thought leader. You mm-hmm. are in a position to give the advice. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I didn't see that. I didn't think about that at all. But still, when it comes right down to it, I still want people to think. I still want, I, I still would much rather, if you teach somebody to think, 
for themselves, they're, they're better off, I think. I think I'm kind of a question leader. But that's a good thing, though. <laughs> Being a question leader, that's a good thing. I mean, if you think about it, I'm not necessarily trying to lead thoughts. I'm just trying to ask questions. I'm trying to lead thoughts more than being a question leader. There, now we found, we found an, a, another difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of the people I'm speaking to are very established in who they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to lead them per se. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily trying to lead the audience. I'm just, I'm just a cipher. Again, yeah. I'm asking questions. Well, do you feel like you've unburdened yourself at all? Do you feel like now that I've taken over and and disclosed your history and all this kind of stuff that do you how do you feel now that I've exposed the real you? Honestly confused to the to the tens of thousands of people, to the millions of listeners of the Unstructured <laughs> Podcast. The millions of you know so much more. I mean, how long can it be before Eric Hundley the movie comes out? I mean, Wow. Yeah. That's an underwhelming feature. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Clooney's looking for a new project. So, I mean, I think we're, yeah, we're onto something here. Well, he, uh, I like IPAs. He sold a tequila company. We could probably hang. <laughs> Honestly, I feel confused. Now I don't know what my identity is. <laughs> but, 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 but. Or my biography. But here's the interesting thing, though, about that, though, seriously, is, is you and I both do, I, benefit tremendously doing what we do and discovering oh, sure. ourselves and discovering our identity and what matters to us and what is not. And again, we just happen to record it. Mm, yeah. That's the only difference. Every person can do it. True. We just happen to record it. And frankly, every person can do it and record it and pretty easily have their own podcast. <laughs> they can. And even if they don't, I do recommend, and maybe this is the last stop, both my parents uh, died in 2015. And I didn't start the podcast until after they had gone. I've been thinking about it for years. But interview your family. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that before. Interview your parents. I ask my dad stuff all the time. All your family. And and just do it literally in the same way you would an episode. Because you will find things out and come to conclusions that you never realized. Because you're speaking to them in a different manner Mm -hmm. and a different way. I really encourage that. Well, let me tell you, that's why I would love a huge reason that I wrote my book. Because no matter what happens to me, my kids, my grandkids, future grandkids, whatever, it's always there. It's always there yeah. because, you know, I, I, I called my dad, my DNA people emailed me and said, you know, I found your great, great grandparents and I'm calling my dad saying, and, and if that's true, basically my dad and mom were cousins. So this was not good news. And, uh, so I called him and we realized that it wasn't accurate information, but this was mm. just the name of his grandfather. He didn't right. know it. He didn't know it. He's 88 years old. He just didn't remember it. He remembers stuff. He just doesn't remember it anymore because his grandfather died when he was so young. So when are you interviewing him, Randy? Oh, I talk to him all the time. No, I ask him. No, when are you interviewing? You know what? I haven't interviewed, interviewed him, but I pick his brain so regularly. A la interviewing. I know, but I'm still, I interview. I mean, trust me. No, but record it because after he passes, five years after, Won't it be cool to just play that file and say, oh, that's dad. That's right. You know, he's so cool. I I should actually do it. Next time I go to Missouri, I should actually do a show with him because he's 88 years of perfection. He's just the coolest guy. He's so amazing. Why not? I'm having 
Oh, actually, he won't hear this, so he won't know. He, um, Janet Ivanovich, the writer, brilliant writer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I interviewed her for the book and we're going out to lunch next week because she has a new book wow. out. She got my dad uh, obsessed with reading in his eighties. Oh, he read right. like one book a year and now she, he picked up her first book and got obsessed with reading. I interviewed her original narrator. You, yep. You told me about that. CJ Chris. Yeah. So I'm going out with her because when I told her that he in his eighties picked up one of her books and went from reading like one book a year to like one a week. And here we go again. What, what do we have in common? A creator hearing about how their work changed somebody's life. Well, and let, let me tell you, there is nothing she won't do for Ken Jones either. <laughs> there yeah. You go. I called her to tell her I need to bring, she's in my book. I wrote about her in my book and I called her up and I said, Hey, I need to bring you my book. And she says, Oh, which one does dad need? I went, no, 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 no. He's got all <laughs> yours. I'm bringing you my book. Cause she, all she heard, she thought dad needed a book and I don't go to her every <laughs> single time and go give me a free book, but we are having lunch right, next right. week. So so I get to, so she's sending, and literally I signed them. I wrapped them up and send them to him for Christmas and signed to Ken from Janet because I didn't do it. Perfect. She well, she can sign her chapter in your book. Yes, yeah, she could. Oh, she could. She could do and that. And then you send that to him. Well, I believe I'm going to have to, to, to cut us off because I think I've had the, I think the dog has behaved as long as I think the dog is going to behave. Good. The fact and that I'm he has hook. not actually come over here and gotten in my face and demanded attention is a miracle. <laughs> so this was fun. I like it when you let me take over your show. Okay. Well, everyone, uh, do you want Randy to come back on? Oh, God. Don't tell me if they, write you, the if they send you mean things about me. They probably say they wish I would shut up more. But hey, had I not done this, people, he wouldn't have said any of this. No, so. I did get feedback to bring Gilligan back <laughs> last time. Outside of yours. Because Gilligan, <laughs> Gilligan was coming. And I wouldn't mind if you all want to check me out at jones.show. It's literally, that. literally online at jones.show or all the, all the, you know, all the places you get your podcasts. So there'll be a link in the show notes. Pretty, pretty similar approach from two wildly different men. We have very similar goals, though. Yeah. We want to make the world a better place. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Mic drop from Randy. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please consider subscribing for free. And I mean for free. It is always free. There's no billing, anything else. You can subscribe in your player of choice, which is probably right in your hands. Or you can go to unstructuredpod.com. And there are plenty of links there. Thank you so much. And in the spirit of sharing, here's a couple more shows you may want to check out. Hey, I'm Studio Steve. And I'm Veronica. And we we are are the the Podcasters. We have a podcast all about podcasting. We cover everything related to the craft. How to start a podcast, how to improve a podcast, how to promote a podcast, and how to reach a bigger audience. So come check out our podcast, Pod Sound School. We're on all of the podcast players or on our website, podsoundschool.com. We are dedicated to provide our podskis with up-to-date, easy, and actionable information, sometimes outrageous and always fun. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Laughter, tears, celebrities, newsmakers, anecdotes. 
and recipes. Wait, I was wrong. They don't do recipes. You can't hear food. Join host Randall Kenneth Jones, a man who is not the original cowboy in the village people, and announcer Susan C. Bennett, a woman who is the original voice of Siri, every week on Jones.show, a podcast so accessible, its name is a web address, www.jones.show.